0: Let's start something new. Let's go to the book of John chapter 10 and look in verse 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We want to welcome our online audience and appreciate you tuning in this morning. We promise to deliver faith into your heart today. So what I want to minister on is something that's really interesting. I hadn't touched this subject in a lot of years but I want to, I'm going to title this, We Are Happy All the Time. So let's put that in first person and say it together. I am happy all the time. We can do better than that. I am happy all the time. Now life is measured by happiness. They'll say it's money, but there's lots of unhappy wealthy people that belie that. They say it's health, but there's a lot of unhappy Healthy people, they say it's uh, your children and all that, but I know people that got them stacked up around them and everything's perfect, but they're just miserable. We have access to drugs now and therapies that make it easy to abandon the Word of God and try something new. I like to believe, and that's what I'm going to start with this morning, is that happiness is the evidence of the new birth. And if you're born again this morning, you should be happy. Amen. If you're not born again, then you're never going to really be happy. You will have times of, of, uh, of lightheartedness, but it's just a track that's leading you to the next chapter of unhappy. So I, I want to take a little test this morning. yourself and just ask you to be honest wherever you are this morning and ask you are you happy now there's lots of ways to measure that and I've listed some of them you could say I got a good marriage I got a good job I got a good uh, body and all those things but if you just got into a room by yourself and stayed there two hours and had to come up with the answer to am I happy and be honest You might find that some things really that you've been complaining about or that you've been wrestling with or that you've been distraught with about our nation, you could say, I'm so mad at this nation and I'm so mad at politicians and all those things that we all feel at time. Just ask you, are you happy? And uh, then you'd have to measure that and say, well, everybody's a, a measure of happiness, but how much are you happy? How happy are you and I? It's a question we rarely ask because most people are in a, a coping or survival mode. And so they're not trying to get the happy, they're trying to get out of depression or anxiety or hard things where there seems to be no hope, no way out. And so it's hard to be happy when you're in a place where there seems to be no way, way out. Then you'd have to ask the third question, how could I be happier? Is there a way? Well, if, if uh, 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 Grand Grand, uh, my stepfather in love way back in the years, we, we assessed the church that we were in, and he said, boy, there's just one thing that needs to happen to make us all happy, and that'd be five funerals. So. He, he was talking about five cranky men in the church that were railroading everything and running it and, and just driving it in the ground and griping about everything. He said, if we had five funerals, we'd all get happy. That, that's kind of negative, but that's really reality in a lot of ways. So how could you and I think we could be happier? More money comes to mind. Sure. Symptoms leaving is certainly on the table. Uh, getting along with somebody that's not very get-alongable. It might be you, but it might be somebody else too. Uh, having a ease of certain things like transportation or, or uh, housekeeping or, or what, whatever that's seemingly an encumbrance. We would say that if I had, was on the other side of that, I'd be happy or I'd be happier. And yet, you know, progress doesn't make us happy. You, you've got a bigger house. Uh, You got a better car than you used to when you first got married. I mean, I remember going to Skaggs Albertson in Lubbock, Texas for grocery shopping and going down. And we would always buy the store brand. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's just that's just where we were. You just had so much money and you could get two cans of peas. Or you could buy Libby's for one can. And so we were eating Skaggs, Alberts, and Peas. And as you can tell, we survived. Hallelujah. I want to read this uh, Independence of uh, Declaration of Independence and see if it will shed any light on us because this is the evidence of men long ago saying we're unhappy. We don't like it when uh, when England was pressing on the United States. When in the course That's one sentence. It's just got one period in it. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these, and here it is, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So it's right up there. Life and liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Happiness is important. There's not really any cause to live unless you're engaged in helping someone else be happy to to keep going and to be energetic about life if there's no hope for happiness. So when you're young, you're always thinking about the next big thing. Graduating from high school or getting a car or your first date or all those things. Get out of school. First thing you want to do is take a road trip. (laughs) And uh, all those things that we think it's the pursuit of happiness. But then once you get married and you got two or three little ones around and it's like, this is not as much fun as I thought it'd be. And uh, it's going to be fun, but right now it's a boogie so i'm going i want to i want to solve this riddle of what makes me happy and what could make me happier because I want to be happy we're not much good to anybody else if we're unhappy isn't that the truth we're really if if you've got a a cloud over you well nobody you wonder why is everybody leaving the room when I come in well there's because we want to be happy too, and being around you is unhappy. We had a minister couple one time come to a minister's uh supper that we were hosting at our home uh and uh this couple came to the front door they were the last ones we were all waiting on them and she, we opened the door and there she was just crying and a frown on her face and we said what is wrong and she said my dog died Oh, my word. And she was just tearful. And this was a minister's meeting. This is like, we're, we're supposed to be living above this or something. And so we got her inside and said, well, when did he pass? Two weeks ago. Now, I like dogs. And I, I believe in my, I can't have one because it would be mean to, for me to be gone all the time and have a dog and all that. There's lots of other reasons, but I like dogs. But... Two weeks after the dog is gone. I mean, it was no different than my husband died 30 minutes ago, and I'm upset. That's what we were expecting. So we could say this, independent of men equals dependent on God. Independent of men, when we are not dependent on anybody, to be happy, you got to be dependent on God. You've got to be dependent on God. This document that we just quoted, the first part of it, it, it uh, proclaimed that independence was not going to be a, a, a possibility without God. It's not changed. It's still that way. In, in verse 10 of chapter 10, The Lord Jesus said, he said, I'm addressing this. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come. Oh, this has got to be the good news. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Sounds happy to me. Abundant life sounds happy. Jesus said, the world can't give it to you. He said, But I've come. The reason I came, people think, well, Jesus came to save us of our sins. Well, He did save us of our sins, but He came that we might have life. And He saved us of our sins because you couldn't have life with your sins. Sin ruling over you, you couldn't have it. So He didn't really come to save us of our sins. That just was part of the process of bringing us life. Because you can be a born again believer, have your sins forgiven. And be one miserable puppy. I know those people. Do you? I've met them. I've been with them. That they are just, we're all going to heaven. We are all going to heaven. But I don't want to be around you 10 more minutes than I have to. Because you're just a dark cloud. You're just, and there's no consoling you. Uh, there's a scripture in Timothy that said, always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Do y'all know those people? It doesn't matter what you tell them. doesn't matter how often you counsel them. doesn't matter what you uh, the answers you, you put in front of them, how, how you solve the problem. Next week, it's the same thing in a different form or maybe the same thing in a form. We did a study one time here about 12 kinds of people that Jesus cannot help, so maybe you can't help them either. And there's 12 kinds of people that are inconsolable they they believe you're the problem. They believe God's the problem. They believe the word is not the answer. Uh, they believe that it's somebody. It, they believe it's them. A lot of people, you can't help them because they've got a problem that cannot be solved, and so they're unhappy. I don't want to be that. I sat down with a man one time, and I said, let's go through this list together. And not he he. Nine of the twelve were him. It's a man that knows Scripture. It's a man that's been water baptized in the kingdom, loves God, can quote Scripture. I can start a Scripture with him and he can finish it. But he he was not able to be helped in his present form. Uh, the message translation, Jesus said, I came so they can have real and eternal life, and here it is, more and better than they ever dreamed of. Say, more and better. More and better. Jesus came for the more and better. So your vacation home, and your 401K, and uh, the good doctor report, and uh, uh, your, grand, your, your daughters are having more babies for you, and, and all those things which are glorious and wonderful, they don't get it. They can't satisfy it. They can't fix the problem. So let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6, if you would. The Bible says four times in the Bible, three in the New Testament and one in the Old, Matthew chapter 6, that the just shall live by faith. It's in Romans 1, The just shall live by faith. Are you just this morning? Have you been cleansed of all unrighteousness? Are, are we... D- d- sin shall not have dominion over us. Are we the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? We absolutely are. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, it didn't, it didn't ask you that. We, ha- we have a little saying around here that you can't find out your temperature standing on the scales, and you can't find out how much you weigh with the thermometer, and you can't find out how righteous you are by how you feel. It's impossible. You just... It can't happen. So... Um, the Lord Jesus was basically saying that you can't remove uh, uh, happiness. Is not the removal of every yoke or every master or every king, but it's the paring down to to serving one master. Say with me, one master. This is amazing. Happy people are people that have decided to serve one master. You go, well, that, that doesn't make sense. Yep, it, it, that's exactly it. And if they don't, they're not happy. So to get happy, it's not that you would get free of all these masters. You have some at work. You have some in the government. You have some uh, in your family that want to rule and reign over you and tell you what to do and how you're doing it wrong and all that sort of stuff. Everybody's, everybody's got a name for that guy. Uh, we, we all know him but he said it's not to eliminate all them and be your own man, be your own woman. Praise God, nobody's ruling over me. I divorced him and now I'm my own boss and he can't tell me what to do and I have enough money now in the settlement that I don't have to work and therefore I don't have a boss and so I, I'm surely gonna be happy and you don't even wanna be around those kind of people. So it's the happiness, the root of it is, the, is, is pairing our life down to one master. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Let's see if I'm at the right place here. Sometimes I, oh, that's five. 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, clear, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the word there is double vision, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. And here it is, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Say no man. That includes you and that includes me. No man can serve two masters. Why is that, Lord? For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The word mammon there is world security, worldly security. You cannot serve it. So people that have lots of money and have security all around them where nobody can break in and steal or threaten them or anything, you find out they're not even happy. They're not as happy as you leaving your doors unlocked all night. I'm telling you, when I was farming, we I left the keys in the pickup and we left the door unlocked, even when we well, sometimes when we went on a trip we would lock it. But not necessarily. That that's little town living. A long time ago. Hallelujah. So uh, let's see how far. Verse 25, he says, Therefore, the therefore follows you cannot serve God and worldly security, mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought. No thought. Lord, we have to take a few thoughts. Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? So here's keys to happiness. Even though he's parlaying them in a, in a different version, he's saying, here's what it is. Now go down to verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. So that'd be the un, not born again, right? The unsaved, that'd be the Gentiles. So there, he's, he's dividing it into born again and sinner. They have, the sinner has no hope. So money doesn't fix it and power doesn't fix it. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Aren't you glad he didn't say you you can't have anything nice. He said, I everything the Gentiles wants is nice. Everything this, the world wants is nice. Go down Rodeo Avenue in California and it's nice. He said, I know you want that stuff. You need that stuff. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 24, back to that, it says, uh, verse 24, excuse me, no man can serve two masters. I looked up that word. I knew you'd want to know, so I went ahead and put it in. It mean, The word masters means, listen to this, he to whom a person or thing belongs to about which has the power of deciding. So a master would be someone over you that has the power to decide. A lot of people would fit in there, wouldn't they? But even if somebody at work is mean to you and thinks they have the power to decide, we would always quit because there's plenty more where that came from. Or we'll just go home and, not, and unload our bank account and go down and buy the company. And fire him. Amen. It means the possessor of a thing. A master is a possessor of a thing. And it means a person who has control. You go, well, that's nothing. I want you, if we were to stop and lock ourselves in that room for an hour and think about the things or the people that have mastery over us, that we have yielded to their mastery instead of seek first the kingdom, we might be surprised how much control or power we have let people have over us that is not sanctioned by the Lord Jesus. He said no man can serve two masters. So he's not sanctioning anybody. Even the marriage covenant, the most precious and priceless there is after the blood of Jesus that's made us in covenant with God, even then, he said, submit ye to one another. So nobody gets to be the boss in there. If the husband is anything, he's the cornerstone. He's the place where things are marked. But everybody gets to build and on, on that cornerstone, on that foundation, according to what's in their heart. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. There's no man that can be master and say, I'm biblical, I'm, I'm scriptural, um, 1 Corinthians 7, 23 says, ye are bought with a price. Ye are not your own. I love that. That's the best scripture I know of in the Bible about the lordship of Jesus. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. He goes on in that verse and says, be not ye the servants of men, but I am bought with a price. I am not my own. Let's say it first person. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. Now, if we got up every day, And just reminded ourselves of the hierarchy in our life of where things are and things are stacked. And we would have to say, I'm going to affirm Jesus is the head and master of my life. And I am bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. And I am not my own. When I say I'm not my own, I don't have what it said there about master to whom a person or thing belongs about which he has the power of deciding. I don't have the power to decide in my life if Jesus is Lord. It's the possessor of a thing. If I'm bought with a price and I was bought off the slave uh, market, I'd sold out through Adam's sin. I'd sold out. I was was owned. Sin owned me. Sin owned you. And Jesus said, I can buy you out of sin. It'll take all I have, but I'm willing to pay it. And so he did. So Jesus is Lord because we are bought with a price. And then, lastly, it's a person to one person, one who has a person who has control. He's got a good track record. I think I'm going to let him steer. I'm tired of running in the ditch. I'm tired of crossing the stripe and barely missing the, trans, the semi coming from the other way, or maybe not missing and going to the hospital and having just having life's wrecks. It hadn't worked out so well for me when I did that. And all of you would say, "Yea, verily. So we know that. Uh, Luke 6:38 says, given it shall be given to you. Well, we know that verse. And then it says, given it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. So when we give Jesus the lordship, when we make him master and king, he says he will move on people things and events to give us what we need. He said, I'll take control and I'll send you more than you can ever gather up on your own. That's his claim. That's his claim. He he, he claims if you'll give him the seek ye first the kingdom, that all these things that the Gentiles need and want shall be added unto you. Y'all, that's a deal. We call it in West Texas, we call it a bird nest on the ground. I don't know really what that means, but it implies that everything's going your way. Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews 7. Turn with me to Hebrews 7, please. We're talking about happiness. I am happy all the time. That's a faith statement. That's a faith statement. (laughs) There are some interruptions to being happy all the time. Hebrews chapter 7. So let's the Lord's making this claim let's let him back it up with the word of God. If I'm going to make him Lord and I'm not talking about I want to go to heaven Lord. We all got that. We all got that. Oh Lord, whatever that takes, I don't want to go to hell. So whatever you say is the bottom line, the least I can do to get to go to heaven, I'm in. We're all in. And and people have different varying lines of where that is. But whatever it is, whatever they think it is, they're living on the high side of that line. But he wants more than that. He wants more than us just say, well, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. That's a good thing, but it's not really why we're saved. Hebrews chapter seven. Now listen to this. We look at this all the time, but let's look at it again this morning. And without all contradiction... The word is dispute. It's, you can't argue about this. With all, without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Say that with, last part with me. The less is blessed of the better. So there is an advantage or a principle of deciding who's the master. Now, if you're the master, then you're, you're the better. Uh, Nobody's blessing you. But if you're the less, if he's the master, then the word says by principle that he blesses you. The less is blessed of the better. Well, what, what does that mean? It means whatever you decide the hierarchy is, the place of authority is, that's how it is. If you go to work and you tell the boss, I, I, you're not the boss of me. I, you can't tell me what to do. Well, get your best application pin out because that's where you're going. You're looking for a job. You you have to get along. But when you become the less, when you say, Mr. Bossman, I don't want to work Sundays. I go to church. I'll be a better hand for you all week long if you let me go on Sunday. Let the heathens, let Johnny Bob and and Jimmy Ray, let them all work on Sundays because they don't care. But let me go to church on Sunday and I will be an honest, good, productive employee for you. They all fall for that because the number one requirement for all employment is honesty. Honesty. They just want to know you're not going to steal it. That's that's all they can expect anymore. It's all they've ever wanted. That you do what you say you do. So make them the master. Say, I'm going to do whatever you say, but I'll, I have some conditions so that I can be so that you can be a master over me. It has to meet these things for me to be under you. You can't cuss me out. You can't, you know, I'm not going to your drinking parties, whatever, whatever it is that that your conviction only allows. Then if they say, agreed, I'll be the master. You'll be the employee with these conditions. I'm telling you it's a great life because here it says the less is blessed of the better. And then verse 8 says, and here on earth, in this place, men that die, mortal men, receive tithes. Did we do that this morning? This man received tithes of these men and women and we're all mortal. But there... He receiveth them, of whom it is witnesseth that he liveth. So it's saying, he's the greater. Because just because we gave it to somebody, and I, if you look at the back of your checks, it'll have a region stamp on it next week. Look it up. Go online and look at the back of your check, and it'll say regions. That's where it went. They, and they counted it in, in River Church's account. We we had $100 in there, you gave $100, now we have $200. It's real, it's natural, it's, it's, it's normal. But the Lord says, I saw that 100 And I saw the generosity of it. Now for some, 100 might not be very generous. My folks, the way my dad grew up, is that when you go to a restaurant, you tip a dollar for every head. So if there's 10 of you, you put $10 down even though the bill was 200 or whatever. Well, my dad never bought anything for $200. But, uh, but anyway, so I, I don't want this to get back to him, but I guess it will. If, uh, but a lot of times, because he's got that culture, he doesn't know that the waitstaff's just making 2 dollars 5 an hour. He thinks it's just a tip. He thinks it's just what's on top of what they're already making, and they're probably making good. So I have to go back and fix that. I have to go back and get my phone or my hat or my napkin or whatever and go back there, especially if it's in my town, <laughs> and take care of the wait staff, because they all notice. I said they notice when you do and when you don't. So uh, where, what was the point of all that? I don't remember. Hallelujah. But the less is blessed of the greater. That's the part. If you want to get happy, you're going to have to have a greater that blesses you. You and I don't have the stuff to get there on our own. Dog eat dog. Uh, bird, early bird gets the worm. All those things where competition and comparison are in play, it doesn't make anybody happy. You've heard the story about the man that used, spent all of his life climbing up the corporate ladder and got to the top and found out it was the wrong ladder. It didn't work out for him at all. The company went out of business or sold and he was gone, whatever it was. So it's a, it's a compass that's inside of us that every time we have a choice, we have options of what we're going to do with our life. Every day it comes up and you just always steer towards making Jesus Lord and doing it his way. Making that deal with your employer, saying, listen, I got to make this deal with you. I got to have off Sundays. Who's ever heard of that? They all should have, but they don't. I got to have Sundays off. That's my day, I'll be a better man, I'll be a better employee for you if you let me have Sundays off. And I'll work late on Mondays and I'll come in early on Thursdays, but Sunday I don't work. And that's our deal. They would they they take that deal every time. Acts verse, uh, Acts 20, 35 2035 says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now whoever believed that it's more blessed to give than to receive. How, how, how do we all of us receivers get along with that? I think it's blessed to receive, don't you? I I do. But but based on Hebrews, the lesser is blessed to receive. If I'm the lesser, if I get under the mastery of the Lord Jesus, then the lesser, I have an anointing on me, listen, to receive. I expect him, the greater, to bless. Because he said he would. He, if I make him the greater, he is the greater in my eyes, and I posture my life to let him be the greater. I make, I let Him. I don't make decisions without checking in. I don't do things that I see in the word that that are naughty, that I shouldn't do. So I'm making him master. Are you all here this morning? Making him master. And he says, well, when you make me the master, when you pull that lever or you put that card in or whatever, I am anointed, if God can be anointed. I mean, he is is sanctioned to bless. Then he turns and says in Acts... It's better to give than to receive. That means he's still the better, the greater. He's still the master. And his job, his job, his job, what he does is give. When can he give and what does he give? He gives when we make him the greater, when we make him master. You cannot serve two masters, so we have to cut somebody off. I can't play it both ways. On church on Sunday, I say one thing and hallelujah. But during the week, I'm after that buck. I'm after that. I'm, not, I'm hard on it. This is real good preaching. I just, I'm enjoying the hound dog out of it. So uh, Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast in the liberty whereby Jesus Christ has made you free. And then he goes on and says, And be not entangled again, in the yoke of bondage. So that's talking in one measure about letting him be Lord when it's handy. Lord, I'm into trouble. I'm in a bind. I, I'm, I'm falling out. I'm going to make you Lord. Like that joke that we told last week about the guy that swore if God would give him a parking space. He'd serve him and go to church and everything. But then the space opens up and he pulls in there and he said, never mind, Lord, I got this. Same thing. We, we, we all are tempted to take back lordship and make me in charge usually it's because we don't think the lord is moving fast enough has anybody got that feeling ever before lord i trust you but when and if i'm trusting you we need a little sign down here that you're on this that this isn't behind somebody else's paperwork and uh so then we try to jump ship uh with faith and patience we inherit the promises So you could say that it's easier to get yoked. Lord, I love you. You're the master and ruler of my life than it is to stay yoked. It's easier to get married than stay married. We did that in 20 minutes. Now I got my whole life to be with her or him or whatever. So it's easier to get yoked than to stay yoked. So what are we working on? What are we working on behind the scenes? Because God says, I want you happy. We're working on staying yoked. We're not afraid of the devil. We're not intimidated by him. But we are always cutting off his temptation to make not him Lord, who wants to worship the devil, to make me Lord. To, to put it back in my hands, like oh, God's a little slow on this one, but, but you know what to do. Have you ever heard that? But you know what to do. Don't be a dummy. Don't be a little idiot. Go just go do what you know to do. And boy, I've had to dig out of those holes and backtrack and jerky back and hallelujah. I know I'm the only one, but I'll give my testimony. Romans uh, nine, uh, 10, nine, 9 9 says, if thou wilt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Have y'all ever read that? It's the salvation scripture. It's how you get born again. But it doesn't say if you'll ask him in your heart. All these preachers, if you'll just ask Jesus into your heart, what does that mean? What does that mean? That's that's a leaning at best. It's a leaning like, I acknowledge that there is a God. Well, the Bible says in uh, Ephesians or Hebrews that the demons believe and tremble. So you hadn't got anything on them. Yeah. Ask Jesus into your heart so you can miss hell. That's basically the summation of how the atmosphere was when I got in my in the church that I was in. So I make Jesus more than a savior. Listen, listen. Making Jesus more than a savior, which is just fire insurance. Just fire insurance. And making him Lord. So that means being submitted to God and questioning everything else. You and I used to be in awe of people because when they said things, we just believed them. Because we were little in our own eyes and they were big in our eyes. But then we got older, we got more mature, more wise. And we question things now. And so... We're trying to get independent of men, but many times we try to be just like them. We try to be just what we're trying to get away from and be the boss of our own life now that we're not being bossed by these other men. But that's not even enough, is it? Jesus wants to be Lord. That's that's why we have this. This is the Lordship of Jesus. Amen. And then our third temptation is to serve God and mammon. Lord, this is going to take a little while. Well, it does. Now I wrote down here that love is a decision. Love isn't a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is a decision. It's made in the will. He he does something, she does something, you go, that's unforgivable. Love is over with. Ah, There's lots of people that stay together that aren't in love. But love is a decision. You decide that. So if love is a decision, I decide to love you by faith. I decide. Feelings will come. But if you follow feelings, sometimes decisions won't come. Sometimes you'll get caught up, scooped up in a relationship or something, and they disappoint you. They disappoint you. So you have to make the decision. Love is a decision whether to stay, to go on, to increase until feelings come. But if love is a decision, guess what else is a decision? Happiness is a decision. I decide whether I'm going to be happy. And if I'm unhappy, it's because the lordship of other things didn't work out like I thought it would. I put all my eggs, so to speak, in a basket of somebody else or something else, and it disappointed me. Whereas if you put all your lordship in Jesus, you'll never be disappointed. The word says in him, you'll never be ashamed. So you could say that happiness is the evidence of faith. You've got to get in faith to be happy because there's some nasty stuff out there that makes you not want to love anybody. Have you ever been with them? Like I, I'm, I used to love you, but I'm through with you. You've, you've done this and not done that and I'm through with you. I'm going to turn to one more scripture. We're going to finish with this. It's in Proverbs 23, 7. Uh, The only reason I'm turning there is it's a real short verse and you know it, but I want you to mark it in your Bible. If you mark in your Bible, you should have this one marked. It's a very unassuming verse. And if you look at it in a lot of versions, they say it means something completely different than this but it's in the word and it fits. So it's talking in verse six about a man and uh, that's easily moved by Danes and this and the other. But then in verse seven, it says, the reason verse five and six is the way it is, is for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'd put a little star around that or I'd circle the the verse seven or, or underline it or something because that's telling you your life. If love is a decision and not a feeling, not an emotion, it's a choice. You just choose to or you choose not to, then happiness is a decision. I can decide this morning to get happy. Well, so things you just found out, things changed. You got more money and your job promotion, and that's why you're happy. Nope, all that stuff, some of it even went the other way. But I decided to be happy because as I think in my heart, so am I. It's up to me. Amen. Happy people have decided to be happy. And that's in my life right now. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do, what they don't do. If they, in my case, if they come to church, I'm happy. And if they don't come to church, I'm just happy, happy, happy. Used to be I wasn't because three-day weekends were a wreck for us. People didn't come. They didn't, they didn't bring their offering and they didn't, they didn't work in the nursery and they didn't. They, it was just a wreck. It was, a, it was like a manager of a store when all the employees showed, uh, called in sick. That's how it was for me. But I, I tell you, I'm over that. I chose to be disappointed all those times. And so I dreaded three-day weekends. Everybody else was saying, let's, let's party. Let's get down. Let's, let's go together. And I'm like, I'm not happy about this. So I wasn't. Whatever you think, listen, this, we'll, we'll talk about this next week. But whatever you are thinking about, whatever you're meditating on, Whatever you're dreaming about is absolutely in your future. Because as a man meditates and dreams and thinks, so is he. It's a process. You, you turn into that. It's not like I thought that this morning and doggone, I turned into a pumpkin because I thought I was a pumpkin or something. It's not that. It's as you think and meditate. So if you think you have a terrible life, a negative life, a, a hopeless life, a, a uh, God put you in the trash pile, of life. And I know those people that are negative. I know those people that are the victim, 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 victim. Everything happens to them for a reason. and That's that God doesn't like them, or something. And you just you can't stand to be around them. I have to put on my happy faith to be around them. <laughs> Some people, you just say, I don't even have to be in faith about you. You're wonderful. I'm real happy to be with you. But other people, you've got to double up. So whatever you're thinking about, meditating and dreaming on is coming. Well, I better start changing what I'm thinking about because it's on the way. And once it gets here, if you're afraid of dying, you need to quit thinking that way. If you're afraid your husband or your wife is going to die or cheat on you or or get sick or whatever, it's coming your way because whatever a man thinks on and meditates, that is coming. You go, who has that kind of power? It's amazing, but it's you and me. If you can choose to be happy, you can choose to be fearful and nervous and unhappy. And we don't like to be around you. We, We are around you when you're unhappy, but we just do it to help you and get you back. You're not much fun. Did I say that in church? You're not much fun when you decide to be unhappy, when you've got victim on you, when you've got poor, pitiful me. I alone am left to suffer for the wrongs of all society. <laughs> I alone am carrying this family. Everybody, Nobody cares but me, and they... ah, oh, I've heard it all, haven't you? We've all heard it all. We've all we know all this stuff. So I'm going to quote this verse in... John 10, 10 in the message, it says, I have come that they would have more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Ah, let's not disappoint the Lord and say he, he brought it, but I didn't want any of it. I didn't I didn't dip out of that bucket. Let's just say if he brought it, I got it and I decide to be happy. I want to tell you now something. River Church is happy. I, you know, it's not like anything you look around or you listen or you deduce this or you examine the programs or the stained glass windows and the steeples just been freshly painted. It's none of those things. We just get, let's listen, we just decided to be happy. So you'll never know if we're unhappy because we're happy. You'll never know, excuse me, you'll never know if we're disappointed or, or whatever because we're going to be happy in the midst of disappointment. We're going to be happy in the midst of seemingly scurrilous and terrible events it won't matter because our happiness is a decision we choose to be happy how can we choose to be happy because the lord's happy with us he's not imputing our sin to us there's no judgment there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus so if he's never unhappy if he's never unhappy if the lord likes us so much that with me and you he's never unhappy He's never tiss, tiss, tsk. I tell you, I've messed with that boy over and over and he keeps going back like a dog to uh, to the vomit and the pig to the mire. That's what the word says in Peter. I've just messed with him and I'm just about to the end of my rope with him. He's never said it. He's never thought it. He's never, you go, well, Lord, how about this one over here? I'm at the end of my rope with them. Could you flash a little lightning bolt on them and straighten them out and fix some things? I'd sure be happy if you would... If you would smite them a little bit, but now, Lord, my stuff's special. Don't be smiting over here. I'm I'm pointing out the ones that need smiting, but it's not here, Lord. I mean, wouldn't that be isn't that a confused life? Trying to trying to be the master of your own life and everybody else's. I said, and be the master of everybody else's. I just want Jesus to be Lord. It takes a lot of work because you got to get in faith about it. You got to adjust. My personality is a certain way. Yours is a certain way. And so we default. When we're not in faith, we default to certain negative things. All of us do. They're different. But we all have a negative something or another in us that's running behind the scenes or in the background is what they say. And so as long as we keep Jesus up there as Lord, none of that stuff ever gets to show itself. But if we ever just say, I'm tired of this faith business, I'm just going to live my life and be the ruler of my life. All that stuff starts showing up and you're a miserable person and then you make us miserable to be around you and try to fix you. We have to pat on you and tell you everything's okay, And we like that. We do that. We all do that. We've all done that. That's our job. But it'd be better if everybody would do their own job. I was preaching real good. I don't know if that was so good or not, but uh, anyway, you get the point. That, uh, and let me just let me just run this one by since I got a minute and a half. Where people say God's in control, I'm telling you, if God's in control, He needs to tighten up. (laughs) If He's in if He's in control, we're missing a few things. You need some generals and lieutenants and some captains to run things around a little better because, Lord, you're not taking care of everything. If you're in control, it's pitiful. Well, guess what? He's not in control. He'd fix a bunch of unhappy people if he was in control, and I could point them out to him. I could tell him, This has got to change. But he's not in control. We can be unhappy if we want to be. Do you know those people? Did you know it's you're in the mirror? Sometimes we're just cranky. We're gruff. We're, we're at the end of it. We're disappointed. We are, we are you know what we are. And, we, and then we have to look at ourselves and say, and you are pitiful too, Michael. Just pitiful. Straighten that up. Get in faith because your default is not too good. My default is not too good. But in faith, I'm perfect. I am a happy fellow. But, you know. Amen. Amen. So I titled this. What did I title it? Let me look at it real quick. I think I know. I am happy all the time. I actually said we are happy We are happy all the time. So let's say it together. We are happy all the time. I think that's a good thing. We ought to study on that just a little bit more in case there's something I missed so that we can be happy all the time. I believe that it's part of of the mark of a Christian. You, you, can be, you can be a sinner and not be happy all the, and, and be happy a lot of the time, but as soon as you get out of in front of people, those people sink. They take the mask off. But I I tell you, I'm happy all the time. Mask, doesn't matter who's around. I'm happy all the time. Are you? Yes, yes we are. Amen. So, Father, we thank you that you let us decide. We don't have a devil or a person or somebody running our life, so we have to be like them or be like they want us to be. I thank you right now, Lord, for mastery to the Lord Jesus. Lord, we submit. We come under the life and life to the full, and we don't go back. We don't go back. We are happy all the time because Jesus is Lord. Praise your name. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Hallelujah.